yeah, I just wanted to talk about, about Street Invaders. Uh, it's a youth program, uh, started 34 years ago. Um, and it's been in the UK, it was in New Brunswick here for a while. Um, we're based out of Saskatchewan. But essentially the, the heart is, um, rather than just having youth go to a youth retreat or a summer camp where we talk about God or we teach about God, we those are incredible ministries and they do incredible things. It changed my life as a teenager. But the heart of Street Invaders is to then transition into actively serving. So just as you've been poured into, they pour out again. Um, so it's, it's a very biblical model, just like Jesus' disciples. They studied under him, they saw him do ministry, and then he sent them out. Street Invaders is the same thing. So it's a belief that through service, through preaching the gospel, through praying for healing for others, that's how their faith grows. Um, so I attended when I was first 15, and I've been part of the program for seven years now. Um, and it just, it transforms lives. Uh, I've never seen the same level of discipleship, the same level of transformation. Um, so many of the youth are now youth pastors, leaders, um, presidents of Bible colleges. Um, it's, it's incredible activating youth in ministry. Um, even though they're imperfect, even though they're hyper or don't go to bed on time. Um, but God triumphs in weakness. His power shines brighter when he's using people who don't have necessarily all of the teaching or have read the entire Bible or have gone to Bible college for four years. When a 12-year-old kid shares the gospel with somebody and prays for somebody and gets healing, that's a way more powerful testimony than somebody who's been in ministry for 40 years. Um, so yeah, every year we see salvations, every year we see healings, we activate in prophecy, words of knowledge. Um, so yeah, if you have kids, encourage them to get involved. Um, if the church here has the opportunity to host or potentially start a boot camp, um, yeah, I just encourage you that it, it changes lives. It's not just yet another program to be involved with because you're not busy enough already. Uh, it's it's something that just really transforms. Do you have a testimony? So uh, last year I went to Saskatoon with a different team, and there was this one girl that came into Dollarama, and like her foot was like swollen up and stuff. And then we uh, prayed for her, and like her foot like shrank, and like it was completely healed and stuff, and it was pretty cool. I will pass the mic to Kayla. Can I go first? Okay. Okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, I actually just need to grab my laptop. <laughs> um, down, please. On stage, feels so formal. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Got my message, or well, my testimony, I'll say, part of it. Um, 
So my name's Kayla. I grew up in a Christian home. Both parents were into full-time missions, and um, so we traveled a lot. And then when I was still young, before I was 10, um, my dad got called into serving a church for 10-plus years. And so he was a pastor, and the missions pastor, or like second from the senior pastor kind of thing. And so I grew up in the church, and um, it was pretty fun. It's pretty great. Um, grew a lot in my relationship with God, but obviously growing up in the church, you too serve in a lot of areas, much like my dad also served in a lot of areas, one of which was heading up the worship team. <laughs> and my dad does not have a voice to save his life. He's aware of this. He is aware of this, but he does have an ear for it. So he was luckily never on stage, but he did um, head that up and he was in charge of the media team. So he headed up quite a few things. And so did I as well. Um, and yeah, we were part of this church for plus 13, plus minus 13 years until we moved to Canada in September. Um, so almost been here a year. Um, yeah, and so during those years in church, you learn to like grow up and look up to a lot of your youth leaders and your youth pastors and your pastors in the church and just your volunteers in general in church. Um, and for me specifically, I grew up looking up to my youth pastor and we became very close. She took me under her wing. Um, we went shopping and we went for coffee dates, and she even we like lived on our property. She rented a flat, an apartment from us, and she used to come and visit our family very often. So she was very involved in our family and in my life, so much to the point that I actually saw her as my sister, like my oldest sister. And um, she really impacted me. She was a very big influence, and I've gained a lot of wisdom from her just listening and just paying attention to what she does, how she speaks, and all of that. And um, yeah, she was... She was someone that I wanted to be when growing up until she got married, she moved away, and she cut me off completely. Aww. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just very random. We all expected her eventually to not be youth pastor anymore because, I mean, life goes on. But to randomly and just as like harsh as what it was to be cut off like that without any information or anything like that, I just kind of felt very let down, and that was the first time that I had ever felt such pain and hurt in my heart, um, and I didn't understand why, I didn't have closure, and I just didn't have contact with her anymore. Um, yeah, this pain can leave behind emotional wounds of rejection, fear, betrayal, and insecurity, just as a physical wound becomes infected if left in unattended. So an emotional wound can become contaminated with feelings of resentment, bitterness, and revenge without the healing of forgiveness. I had a lot of unforgiveness and hurt. <laughs> I had no intention whatsoever to forgive her or to even say sorry. I also had a lot of anger towards God, just a lot of questions towards God too. And I became so bitter to the point that I trusted no one up in church leadership um, or anyone involved with church. Like you can tell me a blessing or have a prophetic word on my life. I'd be like, oh, great. That's for, like God can say that or whatever, but I do not trust you. Like, and that bitterness just continued growing, um, which obviously wasn't healthy for me. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, I, I, saw, I saw everything as a job in the ministry and not a relational thing with the community and the congregation and friends and family. I saw it as they're only doing it for pay and not because they care. Um, just from my perspective of what I had lived through. And so my head just kind of filled with these untruthful things. And let me tell you, it couldn't be more untruthful because working in ministry <laughs> will not make you rich. <laughs> it is definitely not for the money. <laughs> um, you have to have a heart for it. You have to have a passion for it. And you have to care and you really have to love on the people. It takes a lot of sacrifices and a lot of unpaid little jobs and things and time you give up. Um, it is definitely not just because of the job, even though I felt like that at the time. Um, so Mark 11, 25 to 26, Jesus said, Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses, but you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Unforgiveness will hinder your fellowship with God. To be Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Who am I not to forgive others? Like God has literally died for us and he's like, I forgive every single one of you. Like even the worst of the worst, even the worst of the criminals and he forgave them. Who am I to forget, like not forgive someone else? She reached out to me in 2020. Um, she's had a baby Good news. And um, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'll link up with you for a coffee. I've, I'm pretty much over it. But I mean, I still didn't have peace about it. Like, I still had some, like, things against the church and stuff. So I wasn't completely at peace of mind, but I was just over it. I'm like, life needs to move on. Um, so I linked up with her anyway, just to see how she's doing. And um, yeah, she had a baby. And she had quite a big testimony of her own to share on that. Um, she had a very hard pregnancy where she and the baby had almost died. Um, so there's quite a big story on her side as well. But yeah, she had apologized to me on the way she left things and the contact and all of that. And all this time I was thinking I deserve an apology from her. But like little did I know, I owe her an even bigger apology. Um, to her, myself, and to God. Um, but understanding her perspective made things a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, we, often, we often lose sight in who God is, right? God is not unforgiveness, hurt, pain, anxiety, or any stress, or anything like that. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He expressed ultimate love and joy. He exemplified peace and patience in all circumstances. So I know my story right now is very much tied to the church um, in unforgiveness and hurt and pain. But there is breakthrough that comes through when you have that relationship with God and you walk the journey through with God. The pain that you carry and the anxiousness and the unforgiveness is not yours to carry. That is God's to carry. And we need to let go and give that baggage to him. As it's not ours, it's his. 
And uh, yeah, I just kind of want to inspire you guys to practice this within work, within friendships, within family, church, God. Um, yeah. And I just kind of want to remind you guys that God still got you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He still cares for you. Um, and he still provides. So yeah, that is it. And so I'm going to call up one of my team members, Ethan. And Ethan's got something he wants to share. But yeah, there you go. Hello. My name's Ethan. Hi. <laughs> I live on a farm in Saskatchewan. And I have a little brother and two parents. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about, uh, so I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony and talk about trusting God in like the storms. So... I was going to start off with a joke about boxing, but I forgot the punchline, so. Uh, all right, so me, and, so me and my one brother, we would uh, have lots of fun together. We'd, like, jump on trampoline, wrestle, play forts, and just have, we just, we were together all the time. And then all of a sudden, he had uh, a sore neck, so he started, like, getting a massage it massages and stuff and like yeah and it just kept getting worse so then we eventually he was we took him to the hospital and stuff and we found out he had a tumor in the back of his neck so he was having troubles breathing and stuff and eventually he ended up passing away and I, I was like really really hurt and like mad at God and like just asking him why are you what are you doing like this is my brother why'd you take him away from me and uh, it was like, I was just like upset with God and just like asking him all these questions, but I would just ask him all these questions and be mad at God and stuff. And then, uh, at, like, I, f I couldn't figure out why he did it. And then like at his funeral, there were some people, a lot of people who came, but, uh, people who like got to hear like God's word and like, just like hear about Jesus for like, not the first time, but like. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, all of a sudden, these people got to see God and see stuff through my brother. So I, it was, like, kind of reassuring that, like, God is, like, uh, just, he always has a plan for you, and he's always just, like, working, uh, uh, just working through his stuff. You might not understand it at the time, but it was, like, yeah. So th there's this one Bible verse. It's Matthew, uh, just wait. I should memorize that verse. My bad. Matthew eight twenty three. Oh wait, I have it bookmarked. Could just done that. Uh, so, then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake, with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, "Lord, save us! We are going to drown!" Jesus replied, responded, sorry. Why are you afraid? You, you, you have so little faith. Oh, why are you afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. So for me, when I used to read this verse and be like, okay, he calmed a storm. <coughs> but, like, it took me a little bit to realize, like, it's more of, like, when you got the big storm waves in your life, he's like, and you think God's not there. He's actually just 
just he's in your boat. He's got a plan for you. You just gotta have trust in him, and you gotta um, just give him give him the give him control, I guess. And yeah, so like I sometimes like to imagine like the water's going over, and like you see like the disciples are afraid and like it's filling up with water, and Jesus is sleeping. But like if there's water, it's like he's floating on the water. So, like, he's, like, he's there with you. He feels what you're feeling. He's just, he knows what's going to happen, and he's just, like, calm, and he has control. So, like, and then it says, like, he took, he calmed the wind, right? So, he's, like, he's saying that he has control over your life. He has, uh, he knows exactly what he's going to do. And so, yeah, so, like, whatever you're going through, like, you lose a family member or something hard happens, God's in your boat with you. He, he knows what you're going through. And some of you guys might be thinking, well, you're 15. You don't know what it's like to be an adult. And you're right. But God does, and he's in your boat with you. Yeah, so that's what I got. Yeah. So just, yeah, have faith in God and trust God, and he's got a plan for you guys. Ethan, I think what you just said, Ethan, is that you said something along the lines that Jesus feels what you feel. He's in the boat, right? The waves and the water. And we're feeling like, whoa, man, what's going on? Jesus feels what you feel. That hit me. That hit me. Jesus feels what you feel. Church, Jesus feels what you feel. We hear these stories we all have our own stories, but we hear these stories where they, they prepare and they come and it's raw. Like the, from the street invaders, it's raw. They're sharing their life story. And we all have chapters. So this is just a chapter of Ethan. This is a chapter of Kayla. We don't know the big picture, right? This is a chapter. We all have a chapter as well. And Jesus feels what you feel. I think that's pretty amazing. It's so simple. Right? It's so simple. Did you guys have anything else? No, you're good. Okay. I wanted to make sure I didn't cut you off or anything. Good. What I would like to do is let's stand together. And are you prepared? Can you, you can do a song. Cool. I'll call the worship team up if you feel to. And you may need that. But if we can just think of the chapters that we have right now in our current situations, and we may be having the best boat ride right now. The sun's shining. The, the water is clear. There's no ripple effect. It's just a mirror. It's a glass. But others of us, it may be a bit choppy. Maybe you have a storm, whatever it may look like. And out of that, Jesus feels what you feel. It's so simple. You are not the only one in that boat. And I love what Kayla brought forward is forgiveness. We all face that. That is not a, a one a one off. Everyone in this room has felt um, the pain, has fe obviously felt pain, but there's also been times where we have to be the big ones to step forward and go, I forgive you. And that's huge. We all feel that, but today, church, I want to say Jesus forgives us. And out of that, we have chapters in our life. 
Out of that, we can rest knowing that Jesus feels what we feel. Out of that, we can rest in knowing that God has forgiven us and out of his forgiveness for us, where he shouldn't have, right? He chose. He chose to go to that cross. He didn't have to. He didn't have to, but he chose to. And as he died on that cross and rose again, he forgave us. It's a gift that he has given each and every one of us where we can now ride those waves with confidence, knowing that God's with us. We can ride those storms with confidence, knowing God is with us. So simple, but yet so true. So church, let's close our eyes and go, what chapter are we in right now where maybe it's a wave, maybe it's a mirror image, but God is with us? Maybe there's a spot where we go, oh, that's a spot where it, that's, we don't touch that spot. We've talked about that, right? In our crazy faith, we don't touch that, that, that hardened ground where the seeds just don't grow, that footpath. We don't touch that. If we have unforgiveness, it's time to touch that. It's time to touch that because imagine when you forgive whatever that that thing is, the growth, the release of the burden that you no longer have to carry, the burden that's supposed to be placed at the feet of Jesus, where Jesus takes it and goes, no more for you, I got this. He feels what we feel. So what I would like to do with the street invaders here, which is great, that we're going to we're going to spend a little time in worship. But this place is open where we want to give opportunity for anyone to come forward and go, I need help in, in praying through this unforgiveness. Maybe you want to pray for healing. As Again, hey church, there was healings last night. Let's keep going with that. If there's ailments in our body, let's, let's believe. Let's pray for healing. If there are anything where you want to just lay at the feet of Jesus. Today's your day. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait a year for now. Don't go, this was great and I'm out. Today's your day. Today is your day. Jesus feels what we feel. Jesus feels what we feel. I want that to be a bit of an anthem in our heart today. He feels what we feel. So we're going to open this, this space up. And we have been so stepping forward, church, and it's been awesome. But again, as we continue to seek God, step forward in what he has for you. Be free from unforgiveness. Walk out of here and go, I feel so good. God, you are so good. Don't leave this place going, not ready. Jesus is saying, I feel what you feel. It is time. It's time to be ready. So, Brad, lead us. We're opening this place up. Me and Street Invaders are here. Any other leaders are available. And we'll come, come forward and we'll pray for you. Let's do it.